For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? ESPN's College Game Day has had a unique season during COVID-19. A show that thrives on the energy of crowds and clever signs has welcomed fans and panelists virtually and gone to new sites in 2020. Its first road show of the year on September 12th was its first visit to Winston-Salem, North Carolina for number one Clemson at Wake Forest. On November 14th, the crew broadcast from Augusta, Georgia on the par three course at the site of the Masters. Last Saturday, Conway, South Carolina played host to college game day for the first time as BYU traveled to Coastal Carolina for an improbable top 25 matchup billed as Mormons versus Mullets. According to show researcher Chris Bear-Felica, it was the sixth first-time site for game day in its last 24 roadshows. The show has visited 77 different schools and 92 different cities. Here's a clip highlighting eight special stops. In order, you'll hear them at Wrigley Field in 2010, Lambeau Field in 2016, the USS San Diego in 2012, Bristol Motor Speedway in 2016, Times Square in 2017, Fargo, North Dakota in 2013, the 2019 NFL Draft in Nashville, and Disney World also in 2019. Here we are, college game day, right across the street, corner of Clark and Addison. This is home plate right inside there. Glad to have you with us. This is the 30th year of college game day and the 74th different city that game day has emanated from. Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, Lee Corso, and listen to the silence. Super Bowl MVP and former Packer Desmond Howard here. We say hello to these folks who have been here since 0300. Tailgating, karaoke, run some 40-yard dashes on the flight deck here. You know, and Coach, this is something, this game, this event, has been an idea that's been 20 years in the making. I think it will go down as one of the most memorable and spectacular events in college football history. You find a t-shirt shop, did you? Hey, it's great to be in New York City. Hey, wait Let me wow. tell you guys something. If we can make it here, we can make it anywhere. Who is going to pass up a trip to Fargo? Oh, man. Hey, this is special. This is special. The 346th and the 1957 hey, NFL. Listen, I, I found out because they mailed me a letter. This is to Lee Corso from Florida State University. Lakeland, Florida. I'm at Disney World. The happiest place on earth. There it is. This weekend, we'll see the 362nd headgear pick by the legend, Lee Corso, who has worn 62 different pieces of headgear. This season, Corso is 11-1, taking the loss with BYU last weekend and making just one upset pick in the stretch, Notre Dame over Clemson. Corso has done the show from his Orlando home this year. ESPN bureau producer Patrick Abrahams, who joined College Game Day while working for the network in the NBA bubble, plans and executes Corso's segments with Crown Town Films. 
Corso joined ESPN in 1987 and is the only original college game day on-air personality on the show. Coach Corso spent 28 seasons on college and pro football sidelines, including 17 years as a head coach. In addition to his ESPN role, he's Director of Business Development at Dixon Ticonderoga, which explains why he's always grasping a pencil in his hand on the show. Corso is grateful to stay involved this year and discusses what he misses and likes the most about working from home. I can't thank ESPN enough for bringing a crew to make me safe and giving me a chance to do it from my house. But the most important thing, I don't have to wait in the bathroom line anymore. I go right to the bathroom now. I miss most the interaction with the, the guys on the set. It's not the same being away from them. And I also miss the interaction with the fans. When I put the head on, that was really a great rush. Well, I enjoy the most is the fact that I get to be home and then I get a nap right after the show. <laughs> and, then, and that and the snacks. I, I miss the ESPN snacks. I used to take them back to the hotel room. Now I had to eat my own snacks. But I, I miss most the, the old, overall, just the overall being with the team. This week marks College Game Day's 399th road show the seventh consecutive year that it's originated from the Army-Navy game, and its second visit to West Point. A two-hour, 95-mile drive from ESPN headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut, the show last visited the United States Military Academy in 2003, before South Florida blanks the Black Knights 28 to nothing. According to USF's website, Corso planned to pick the bulls, and the Rocky the mascot head was on set on the parade grounds. Severe weather knocked game day off the air before the pick, and ESPN headed back to Bristol with the headgear, so the bull was benched and not able to tease Army's mule on the sidelines that day. Corso has picked Navy in the last six Army-Navy game day shows with a record of 3-3. Originally scheduled to be played in Philadelphia, Army and Navy moved the game to Mikey Stadium in October when attendance limits placed on outdoor events in the state of Pennsylvania would not have allowed the entire Corps of Cadets and Brigade of Midshipmen to attend the game. It'll be the fourth time West Point has hosted the game with Army losing the first three, including the first Army-Navy game in 1890 and the last time either team hosted the game in 1943. Overall, Army is 1-5 versus Navy when the game is played at a home site, the only win coming in the second-ever contest in 1891 at Annapolis. Navy leads the series 61 wins, 52 losses, and 7 ties. In September, we spoke with the voice of Army Athletics, Rich DeMarco, who began his 11th season this year as the play-by-play announcer throughout the Hudson Valley, across the nation, and around the world. From 2002 to 2015, Navy won a series record 14 consecutive games. DeMarco described the importance of Army's 2016 victory. Toward the end of that streak, there were a lot of close games, even with Army football teams that were not very good um, against, um, you know, Navy teams that were really good. So it was just, you know, it was you go back to 2011 and, you know, Army had them on the ropes. Then the big kick return to start the second half and then Army driving. Then 12, obviously, Army going in for what folks thought was going to be a walk-in touchdown and then a fumble. So Army even knocking on the door. And I, and I think finally breaking through in 16, against the Navy team that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of weeks before that, a week before that, was playing for a spot in the Cotton Bowl when they played in the American Championship game against Temple. And then, and then following up with the, with the wins after in, in 17 and 18, you know, and folks say, like, what's the biggest call? What's the biggest win? And I say, 
you know, they're all, they're like children, right? You know, I got this commander in chief's trophy rings, bowl rings. They're like children, right? So you can't really pick one over the other, but I'll say that, you know, in 16, you know, army could have another losing streak against Navy and, and break it, but nothing's going to be like the 16 game because as an army fan, as you are Stu, and there's so many around the world, it had become, it had just become like a, like a thing. Like it was, you know, to the point where Navy had, 14 stars on its helmet, 14 stars on its jersey, and an empty star on the neckline of its jersey and, and the back of its helmet that they were going to fill in after they won the 15th in a row. I mean, it had become like an albatross. I mean, it was just something that – so I'll tell you, Army could win 15 in a row or lose another 14 in a row, but I don't think anything's quite going to be like 16. And, um, and I think that, you know, it's it, it makes you not – that, not that when you win every year have the, the better part of a rival take it for granted but I think after that streak ended and even last year losing to Navy I, I, Army fans will never take it for granted that they're going to win that game and hopefully hopefully we get it back this year right uh, December. Watch ESPN's College Game Day built by the Home Depot this Saturday December 12th at 9am Eastern on ESPN and then the 121st playing of the Army Navy game presented by USAA at 3pm Eastern on CBS. Typically the last game of the regular season for Army the Black Knights will instead host Air Force next Saturday, December 19th at 3 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network in a game originally scheduled for November 7th before a postponement due to COVID-19. With a win, Air Force would claim its first Commander-in-Chief's trophy since 2016 as it defeated Navy earlier this year. Army will attempt to win its third trophy in four years as the champion of Armed Forces football. The Black Knights will finish their year the following Saturday, December 26th, in the Independence Bowl. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.